Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that do-re may be for? And Scott Seidenberg. The Spartos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is The Sharp Edge. Round two of the NCAA tournament will conclude today and get you ready for the Sweet 16. Scott Zettenberg here alongside handicapper Brandon Lang as we give you our Sunday plays. And before we get into Sunday, Brandon, I want to recap Saturday in which, you know, I think we were both pretty hot. But the one game that really stuck in our craw was Villanova getting stomped out by Purdue. Yeah, this is a a very unforgiving business that I'm in. Um, Dan Gilroy said it's the most unappreciative business because you can't win enough to sustain the demand for your picks when you're Brandon Lang. And and to have one Tuesday with a 50-dimer on South Dakota State and then Wednesday 50-dimer on Texas Southern and then Thursday 75-dimer on Belmont. Yes, needed to miss free throw, but when things are going well, you catch those breaks. And then Friday the 100-dimer on Oregon blasting Wisconsin – you're 4-0, you're plus 275 dimes in net profit, and then for the second time in your career, you come with a 200-dimer and a play of just Villanova getting points on a neutral floor. They've won 23 in a row, like the matchup, and, well, let me let Jay Wright say what Jay Wright needs to say. Play that for me, Scott, would you? We just, as a staff, did not get our guys. We, we tried to make them understand their ability to hit threes and, and execute their offense with great precision, and we just we, we just didn't have them. We just did not have them ready from the start. That's from a guy who won back-to-back national championships and was considered to be one of the best coaches in college basketball. His team's trying to win a game to get to the Sweet 16, and that's your answer. Me and my staff didn't do a very good job. Well, Jay, let me ask you a question. In all honesty, what were you doing? I, I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't baffled. mind losing it. Baffled. Go ahead. No, I'm saying I was baffled watching that game. I, I didn't understand it because I've never seen a Jay Wright coach team look that unprepared, look that inept. They were outmatched in every facet of that game last night, and it was just mind-boggling. I want the seven-foot-six taco man from Central Florida. I want him to fly to Philly after the game today for UCF, walk into Jay Wright's house, and slap him. That would make me feel much better with the way I feel today. It was I mean, it was awful. It really was. Awful. And you know what? And, just, and you said you said it best. You can't win enough to satisfy the demand and to please everybody because you're never going to please everybody. I went seven and one in my picks yesterday, but I, it wasn't successful because I had the most value put on the Villanova game. Well, get this, get this, get this. If if everything holds true today, I'm gonna have fifteen of the sixteen. In the bracket right for the Sweet 16, and the the only one I'm not going to (laughs) have is the one where me and my staff didn't do a really good job having my team ready to play. So, listen, it's frustrating. Um, 
at the end of the day, I, I can't be overly upset with Villanova with the amount of money they made me last year. And I've said this, yep. Scott, multiple, multiple times in, in the 27 years I've done this for a living. I would rather, and I've had arguments with people about that, I would rather get absolutely destroyed, wrong side of the game, never have a shot. Yeah, it's more magnified because it was 200 dime play than had I used another game that I love that I was very close to using, and that was Wofford plus the five and a half over and then, Kentucky. And then you now, get backdoored and you lose. Yep. Yep, and imagine having that game with the guy who's made more threes than any player in college basketball. 0 for 12. 0 for 12 mm -hmm. from the floor, mm -hmm. and I game. lose that game by a half because Kentucky can't miss a free throw. And so I would have literally been walking around like you got a hole in your stomach, like I can't believe I lost a 200-dimer by a half point. Al yep. DeMarco on the website says it time and time again. It doesn't matter whether you win by 100 or lose by 100. Or win by half or lose by half. It still pays the same. Sounded better I, when Vin Diesel said it in Fast and the Furious, you know? <laughs> winning is winning, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> now, we know losing is losing, too, and we know that as well. Let's quickly take a look at Sunday's games. It starts with Tennessee and Iowa, the first matchup up here in the South region. And this line movement actually hurt me, Brandon, because I liked Iowa at plus eight and a half. I'm seeing it down at seven and a half now, and, and it's making me question whether or not I want to take the Iowa at the seven and a half, or is it worth buying it up to eight and a half, or is the value now on Tennessee? The line movement's confusing me here. How do you evaluate it? This game reminds me of Michigan State and uh, Minnesota from yesterday. Um, Auburn, Kansas from yesterday you have that first game you really don't play well you don't cover you don't look that good and then you come out and, th and that's the frustrating thing just to just to close out about Saturday I did a free pick video promoted the 200 dimer and my free pick that everybody got for free was Auburn absolutely destroying mm -hmm. That, you know, Kansas team that I said was going to get knocked out anyway. What a way to waste a free pick. This Tennessee game has that same feel for me. Iowa's strength is in their interior. And I just, with Tennessee's bigs down low, they had their game where they didn't play well. I think Tennessee announces their presence with authority and does to Iowa basically what Auburn did Um to Kansas yesterday. Well, what concerns me about Tennessee is they can't defend the three. And what we saw Iowa do now, now granted, I don't know if Iowa can duplicate what they did in their first round win. Like in their first round win, Iowa shot lights out from three point range to come from behind and beat Cincinnati in a game that crushed me because I have Cincinnati in my sweet 16. But Iowa nailed three after three after three. I don't know if they can duplicate that. But what scares me about Tennessee is that if Iowa duplicates that, Tennessee has a very bad job. They do a very bad job of defending the three. So, Not a game I love yeah. at all, um, especially with the Big Ten showing the way they have so far. Um, every team has been competitive. Every team has been right there, except Michigan State blowing out Minnesota last night. But then I noted to you, I said Michigan State very rarely plays two bad games in a row. Yeah. I mm -hmm. said it wouldn't surprise me if you know, I could have used them, could have used Michigan. I mean, there's – uh, Chalk went six and two yesterday. Yep. 
Um, does today flip the switch and we get dogs today? Um, very likely we could, but if I had to lean one way or another, um, I would lean toward Tennessee. Let's move on. North Carolina and Washington, the second game of the day. The Tar Heels up to 11 and a half point favorites. Look, they're my national champion, so I'm not going to pick against North Carolina. 11 and a half is a high line. You like this Washington team, but you also saw what happened when Oregon ran them out of the gym in Vegas, you know, two weeks ago. So how do you feel about them getting 11 and a half against Carolina? You know, I think it's too many. I think it's too many simply because Washington still plays defense and they play a really good matchup zone. Um, and, and, and I, I don't like what I saw from, from North Carolina in their game against Iona. They couldn't guard, they couldn't guard, they couldn't defend. Um, I know Washington sometimes gets limited on the offensive end that one fifty and a half and uh, seems like an under play to me. This is not a game I love, not a game I probably touch, but, but a lean double digit dogs in round two, mm. hard to pass up. Just look at, look at Gonzaga, not being able to put away a Baylor team. Yeah. I mean, Gonzaga should have ran away and hid. And then Gonzaga comes out in the second half, and Baylor goes on an 8-0 run, and and they never, ever get above the number again. So these double second-round double-digit dogs are are feisty. Um, so based on the Gonzaga-Baylor uh, game yesterday, I would maybe lean a little bit towards the, the Huskies. And, and if anybody hasn't watched Washington, they're coached by Mike Hopkins, who was under Jim Beheim for so many years. They run the 2-3 zone. So that zone defense might limit North Carolina's offense a little bit here. I don't know how Luke May is going to deal with it, but we'll see if he's going to be that guy in the middle, you know, that zone breaker where you pass it to the free throw line and then he dishes it out and and whatnot. Uh, okay, high Listen, lines. but but again, and and Luke May played like he couldn't play dead in the Western on Saturday, <laughs> on, on on Friday. So let's let's see what he does today. Uh, another high line, double digits, UCF getting 13 against the Dukies. Our guy Taco Fall going to lock up the interior. Now, normally, I would jump all over Duke, Brandon, because Duke traditionally is like a three-point shooting team, but that's not this Duke team. Duke this year is an inside team with Barrett and with Zion, and I don't know how they get inside against a seven-foot-six mammoth of a Taco. I think it's going to be great to watch. I really do. I, I want to see you know Zion come down the lane and get ready to throw down the dunk, and then next thing you know, bam. I just think at the end of the Could day— Could you imagine if he dunks over him? What highlight that's going to be? It's going to be unbelievable. But at the end of the day, you look at Central Florida for the year, um, the shocking loss at home. I don't think Taco played in that game. They're laying 21.5 to Florida Atlantic. They lost by one. Um, the two-point loss at Missouri, uh, lost by eight to Wichita State on the road. Memphis blew them out by 20 in Memphis. Houston got them at home by nine. And then at Cincinnati, lost by five. And then Memphis got them again, blew them out by 24. That's what scares me about this team is that they go into funk offensively. If I had to play this, I would lay the chalk with Duke. Texas Tech against Buffalo, the Red Raiders given thir- three and a half, and they've covered nine of their last 11 games. I think uh, we ride hot with the Red Raiders, or you on Buffalo here? I got in my bracket, I have Texas Tech beating Michigan and going to the Elite Eight. So that's what I have a straight up pick. If I like them straight up, I guess I kind of like them laying the three and a half. Me too. 
Me too. I have him in my bracket, but in this case here, I said it before, six of your top seven scores back from last year, they looked really good against Arizona State, and, and getting four here, I just have a feeling this one's going to go right down to the wire, slight lean towards Buffalo and my boy Oates <laughs> getting it done. Um, the blowout of the day, I think, is Ohio State and Houston. Give Ohio State credit. Nice win over you know Iowa State, but Houston can negate the size advantage in the paint for Ohio State. If you do that, they're not a, a very good three-point shooting team. Give me the Cougs minus the six to set up the nice matchup with Kentucky, and I, I'll give out that pick right now. Houston will beat Kentucky and head to the lead eight to face North Carolina. Houston big today. I, you know what? I think I'm riding with you. I thought about it last night looking at the spreads, and I'm thinking wh- who's my favorite play uh, of the day here on Sunday, and I think it might be Houston dominating that Ohio State team, which I didn't think deserved to be in this game against them. Uh, I think I'm with you there. It's a good point. It's a good play there with Houston. Vatek Liberty, uh, Cinderella run over for Liberty for the Flames. Man, they, they looked really good, hitting some good shots. Virginia Tech hung in there, um, got the job done, covered the number against a feisty St. Louis team, uh, laying 10, one by 14. I like this team. I like this Virginia Tech team. If I'm laying chalk, sometimes you ask yourself a question, who do I want to lose with? Um, I'd rather lose with Virginia Tech minus the nine. I don't think Liberty can duplicate their three-point shooting against the defense of Virginia Tech. Yeah, Virginia Tech is my straight-up survivor pick for the day because I don't have them winning another game. I have them losing to Duke, so I'm going to have to take them today to win outright and then survive in advance. Uh, Virginia laying 10 against Oklahoma. Is this one of those situations where they got the scare in the first half against Gardner-Webb, everybody brought up last year, then they roll, and now they continue to roll? Yeah, I've watched this Oklahoma team play a couple times this year, and and I just I wasn't impressed. They caught a they caught a really good break playing an Ole Miss team that just wasn't ready to play. But you know I watched them play on the road. I watched them play at home against Texas Tech, got blown out by double digits. I watched them play at home against Baylor, lost by thirty. No team that lost at home to Baylor by thirty is going to beat Virginia. <laughs> um, just not happening. I'm gonna lay it. The Cavaliers. <laughs> Finally, the uh, Cinderella Bowl, as you have the 12 seed Oregon, the 13 seed UC Irvine, Ant Eaters, Brandon, the Ant Eaters. Uh, I, I like Oregon here to win. I have Oregon in my bracket. Uh, I think the spread is at what, five and a half or six, maybe, uh, maybe five. Uh, what number do you like best here and which side? It's at five. Um, popped up to five and a half. Uh, yesterday, um, came back down to five, then to four and a half, back to five, four and a half, and now back to five. This game's seen a lot of action. This is 75 Dimer number two in a row at BrandonLang.com. Trying to get to five and one this week and lock up the winning week. It's uh, it's pretty amazing to lose a 200 Dimer and still be four and one for the week, still be up money, and still be in a possession position to get the winning week. I said on Tuesday this was arguably one of the most important weeks for me in years. Coming into this week, I'd lost last Saturday, I'd lost last Sunday, I'd lost last Monday. Coming into the tournament, three-day losing streak, I said, I need to step up and have a winning week this week. It's one of the most important weeks of my life, 
and then to come out winner Tuesday, winner Wednesday, winner Thursday, winner winner Friday, and to be four and one and still up 55 dimes and um, to have this 75 dimer number two in a row off of Belmont on Thursday. Listen, can't can't be upset with that. So that's that goes tonight. Brandlang.com and uh, let's get ready to go to the Sweet 16. So there he is. Go to brandonlang.com. Get that 75-dime play. The free play of the day was Houston going to route over Ohio State. Brandon, let's roll. Let's keep the positive momentum going and run hot into the Sweet 16, brother. Jay Wright, don't answer your door. Taco's coming. <laughs> Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Download, subscribe, rate, review the Sharp Edge podcast available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. We'll talk to you prior to the Sweet 16. Let's roll. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.